Hi, I'm Jamie from Florida. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. Radio Welcome, friend, to The Sound of Young America, the world's best radio program and podcast produced in my apartment. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. This week on the show, the sketch comedy group The Whitest Kids You Know. They're in their third season on the Independent Film Channel. Here's a clip from their show. Just a minute. Hello? Hello. Are you Mr. Bill Fernald? Yeah. And did you, by any chance, date one Kimberly Robinson, sophomore year at Jefferson County High School? Yeah, I did it, Kimberly. On guard! Yeah! Whoa! Yeah! Whoa! Yeah! Whoa! Dude! 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 Stop! Dude, what is wrong with you? I'm gonna call the police. I'm dating Kimberly now. Okay. So? So you're on the list! Yeah! 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 Stop! What are you, just going around trying to fight everybody that dated Kimberly? Every last one of them! That's crazy. Well, Kimberly is the love of my life! She's the first real girlfriend that I've ever had! And she's worth fighting for! It's the sound of young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests on the program are Sam, Darren, and Timmy. Uh, They are cast members of the IFC sketch comedy series, The Whitest Kids. You know, originally, uh, the group formed as a student activity at the School of Visual Arts in New York City, went on to win Best Sketch at the 2006 Aspen Comedy Festival, the most prestigious, uh, well, was the most prestigious comedy festival in the United States, and uh, scored their own television series, one of the very few still-standing sketch comedy series on American television. Guys, welcome to the Sandy Young America. It's great to have you. Hey, thank thanks you. for having me. You did you. that very well. Yeah, that, yeah that's awesome. our life in a nutshell. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you've so had other outside... No. That's no, it. That's, that's it. it. Girlfriends or families. No, they don't. No. The show, you know, IFC doesn't let us have lives. They just lock yeah. us away and then like, now go be funny we're and like, unlock the we're cage. We're kind of like Chinese gymnasts. <laughs> <laughs> you went to like a secret camp through childhood? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sketch comedy <laughs> camp. It was very nerdy. <laughs> Upstate New York. There's a lot of D&D being played. <laughs> you had to slip on 5,000 banana peels a day until you <laughs> yeah. could do it perfectly. That's right. A lot um, of kids getting their arms broken. It's it's really you know it's it's cruel, but so some of you guys were SVA students. Some of you were not. Sam, you were. I right? was, and the other two guys who aren't here were. Okay. Timmy and Darren weren't, but we lived in a dorm with Timmy because we all lived in a general housing dorm, which is like a a dorm in New York. For if you're too lazy to apply for housing on time, uh-huh. you go to a general housing dorm. Yeah. And then the, the, the cruel joke about that is there's no RAs. So you put all the lazy kids in one dorm and you don't give them RAs and then they end up uh, drinking their way into a comedy troupe. That's how, yeah, that's how alcoholism in comedy <laughs> yeah. occurs. But I, I, uh, I met them on September 11th. Like uh, I couldn't hang out in my room. 
because it was like had a view of what was going on. So I'm like, I'm not gonna hang out in there. So I hang out in the hallway, and Sam lived across the hall from me. No, no, no. It sounds yeah. terrifying. It what you're describing terrifying. to me sounds terrifying. It's terrifying. More than charming. That's how we met. And, like, you know, on 9 11, Trevor calls me and says, Happy anniversary. You know, so. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, where were you, were you going to school at the time? I was going to Brooklyn College, which is like a, a public college in, like, the middle of Brooklyn and Flatbush. And it, it's, it's a good school for film. That's why I was studying there. Uh, I guess Jimmy Smith's. Was one of their Ooh, alumnus. Sure. Noted yeah. filmmaker, Jimmy Smith. <laughs> uh, Star Wars cast member. Yes, absolutely. And I was there for like, I don't know, a couple of years. Then I kind of just dropped out because I was spending more time at their school working on white skid stuff than I was at my own school. So I was like, well, this is stupid. So, so. What about you, Darren? How'd you get into this? Oh, geez. Um, I basically, while they were doing the comedy, like the college comedy thing, uh, Zach and I we're in a film like an independent film and uh that's how i met zach and we kind of became friends and he invited me to the whitest kids college uh show and i came and i saw and i i thought it was totally original and amazing and so um after college they basically got got the cast down to like four people and um i begged to be in the troupe and i wrote a bunch of sketches and ideas and got drunk with them a couple times and then made it into the troupe Thank you for calling Jameson Distillery. This is Bethany. How can I help you? Uh, hi, my name is uh, Trevor Moore. I'm uh, doing a documentary, uh, kind of like the Super Size Me documentary. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to drink nothing but whiskey for 30 days. Um, and I'm not going to eat food. I'm not going to drink other drinks. I'm just going to drink whiskey for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, just to see if that's a, a healthy way to live. Uh, what do you think about that? It's not. You shouldn't do that. Well, then why do you guys say that everybody should do that in your advertising all the time? We don't. We've always taken a very responsible... Whatever. Anybody who's ever done any uh, college activity or club, I think, can vouch for the fact that many people pass in and out, mm-hmm. um, and very few are around when it's time to like go put up flyers or yeah, whatever is the boring absolutely. aspect yeah, of yeah, the group. Sure. Was that what happened with the whitest kids? There were some of us who were, you know, like doing all the legwork of like going around and putting flyers up, but. Trevor, I think, was really like it was his work ethic that like really like pushed the group in the direction that it went because we ended up talking and he was like, "Hey, let's start a comedy troupe." And he's like, "Sure." And then like a week goes by and he stops by my room and he's like, "Hey, let's start that comedy troupe." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and then like another week comes by and he's like, "Hey, how about that comedy troupe? Let's start it." And I was like, "All right, now I think you're serious." Like, you know, yeah, let's do this. And so I guess even like for the first, you know. Three weeks of there being a comedy troupe, I was the, you know, like, I'll just pass through, I'll show up, yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, we kind of got to the point where we realized that, like, if we just, like, are, like, working hard at this, we're going to get money for whatever we want to buy, and usually that was beer <laughs> and pizza, and yeah. we were really poor at that time. We were... Uh, exchanging cans for yeah beer. we were exchanging cans <laughs> for food and smokes and whatever else and well when trevor recruited me into the group he said this is going to be our job someday i was like okay and then like you know a couple years later i'm like almost getting evicted and we're like super poor i'm like are you sure this is going to be our job because i sure <laughs> could use one and then like then it did turn into one maybe if you wanted to be taken seriously you could have used a different voice yeah <laughs> that that's a problem is you know i, I have my serious conversations and this kind of voice and people right. don't always you know it's problematic yeah it's pro- although have, it worked out 
Yeah. That's not your regular voice. This voice isn't really doesn't say gravity, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's too bad. Was there a point in uh, this whole operation when the whitest kids you know became the whitest kids you know for real? Was there a, a time when things crystallized for you? I think um, when we started doing shows of pianos, I think that's when it became like a real thing. Absolutely. So we would do a show every weekend, every Sunday night at pianos. And we did that for four years, three and a yeah. half, three and a half yeah. years. A long time. And so basically we worked Monday through Friday and then all day Saturday wrote new material, Sunday rehearsed all that day and then did the show that night. And we literally had no vacation for like three and a half years. Yeah, we like performed every Sunday for a long time. And by doing that, we would start making videos, which we put online, and that helped make it the whitest kids you know, too. You know. Staring babies. Hi there, little guy. How are you doing today? Did you know that by the time you're 18 years old, college tuition will be between forty dollars and $50,000 a year? Or that in your lifetime, scientists predict that the hole in the ozone layer will double, if not triple, in size? It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are the Whitest Kids You Know, whose sketch comedy series, which is called The Whitest Kids You Know, runs on the Independent Film Channel. Did you believe during that first year of doing a weekly show, after you'd graduated from college and done this in college, that it was actually going to become something, or did you have doubts? I had doubts at times, just because I'm like, when is it going to happen? But, you know, I mean, I'm from South Dakota. I have no idea how show business stuff works, and it does take a long time. And after a while, I came to realize that, and... You know, then we we got we we got a little lucky, and people's you know the right people started noticing what we were doing, and that was cool. But yeah, there was a while where I was like, when is this gonna happen? I need something to happen so that I don't have to be homeless. You know, so <laughs> I think for the for the first year, I never really thought of the future. I was just I really enjoyed doing this. Yeah. Like I just had a lot of fun performing with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, it's always been about fun. You know, I don't want to make it sound like I was just worried about you know. Eating. Having somewhere to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm the fat kid, though, so I am worried about eating. <laughs> For comedians, uh, like a lot of creative endeavors, one of the big turning points in their career often is when they find themselves no longer emulating their heroes and, and sort of finding their own voice. Um, do you guys remember any points where you felt like you were doing something that was uniquely whitest kids you know? I still think we're ripping people off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still trying to make Monty Python sketches every time I go out there. <laughs> I think with our live stuff, we definitely have some stuff that we were started doing like around the time we were doing all those piano shows where we would do some live stuff that was like, I would think to myself, like, wow, this is something that people haven't seen before. Like the line leader sketch where we're like marching into the audience and fighting each other in the middle of everybody or like... Yeah, a lot of them actually had to do with like kind of using the whole room rather than just being on the stage. Or like sketches where we would pretend to have a fight and Darren would pretend to quit the group and then he'd be standing outside the club later handing out flyers for the Darren show. You know, stuff like that where we yeah. kind of made it like ridiculous and like not just on the stage, I think. It's the sound of young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are the whitest kids you know. Their IFC sketch comedy series is now in its third season. We'll have more with the whitest kids in just a minute. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered.
online at ask.metafilter.com. The Sound of Young America will be live in Portland April 25th as part of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. The festival's full of amazing comics, so if you're a Portlander, visit Bridgetown Comedy Festival for more information, including information on how to get yourself a festival pass. Welcome back to The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are the whitest kids you know. The third season of their IFC sketch comedy series is running right now. Let's get back to our conversation. You guys uh, performed at the 2006 Aspen Comedy Festival. Um, it's a now defunct festival, but, mm-hmm. but for many years was um, the premier showcase for comedy in the United States. It was presented by HBO, and it's a place where uh, people go to um, go from local favorites to, you know, you know, Im- impressing uh those guy like Bernie Brillstein or something. I don't right. know who yeah. you impress there, but somebody, somebody who chomping a cigar. <laughs> um, was it scary for you when you when you got the call? Yeah, I was scared. I, I mean, yeah. I remember our first show. Like, and we did this tent. It's like 500 people. Like, it was sold out. And uh, be, just being backstage, about to go on, it's just like your head was just like, yeah, it was, freaking out. I was only like operating about half brain anyways because of the lack of oxygen so i don't even remember that <laughs> but yeah it was just a different level of show than that we've played before yeah you know, we've never played to an audience that big or actually i think that was like our first show that we had lobs on yeah, yeah. the yeah. first show where we're like oh we need to be mic'd weird like yeah. there's, there's, there's too many people I'll here just project but you know it's you know how I sum up my Aspen experience is, well, I met Bill Bellamy, you know, so <laughs> like exactly how I felt. Saw, yeah. saw Dave Chappelle play the drums. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was really scary because like also, you know, yeah, there's like four or 500 people in this tent. And also they're either a industry people with their arms crossed that have seen everything. So don't really laugh or drunk skiers. So it's like yeah. kind of a crazy audience. It's something we weren't used to. Cause like Sam said, we were used to like college kids and our friends and that kind of thing. So. What's also funny is that we're used to just, you know, like, like getting drunk and having fun and being asses anywhere. But when <laughs> you're in Aspen while the festival's going on, everyone is involved in the industry. So yeah. gotta be careful. That's kind of a scary thought, yeah. you know. <laughs> while you're out there in the streets at night. You know? We hung out in our hotel rooms a lot is what Sam's trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sketch comedy on TV in the United States has been a pretty consistently losing proposition outside of uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not consistently tried on TV, but um, uh, w- w- did you have a hard time pitching yourselves as a sketch comedy group doing sketch comedy as opposed to a sketch comedy group for example, well, I mean, uh, two of your members right now, Trevor and Zach, are doing something that I, I would imagine a lot of agents would be more likely to pitch them, which is uh, going around promoting their uh, teenage sex romp comedy yeah. film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was selling a sketch comedy gr- group tough at the time? Well, you know, what was funny was we we we, um, we shot this this pilot a long time ago that was like uh, um, we had all these ideas that have like this like meta sketch comedy show, It'd be kind of like the Larry Sanders show where uh, it would be like about the, these group of guys getting a sketch comedy show and yeah. we would have the sketches in it. And when all this was said and done, I think we, we took a look at it and we're like, well, the funniest part's the sketches. Yeah. And, I mean, that is like, 
around the time we realized that like we need to just concentrate on what we're good at. Yeah. What was crazy was that there was only a month or two after that pilot was made that like Fuse was like, hey, we want to do a sketch comedy show. And like we didn't even pitch it to them. They, you know, saw our stuff online and had seen that pilot, I think, and whatever else, heard about that we were going to Aspen. And they were like, hey, you know, we want to do a sketch comedy show. So I think at the time there were like other people, because there have been other people we were talking to here and there. So there was like, I think, a general feeling like, you know, there should be a sketch comedy show that's not SNL again, you know, and or Mad TV, but, you know, whatever. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I think like people, you know, like sketch comedy. It's just hard to, you know, get it to stick. Zach? Zach? Zach Kreger? Yeah. Trevor? Trevor, Trevor Moore. Moore. Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. How you doing? Good. I haven't seen you in like seven, eight, eight years since since senior year at Brown. Right. Yeah. It's good to see you. Look at you. You look great. Thank Man, you. What, what do you got there? Uh, this is a uh, gallon of PCP. Wow. A a gallon. Yes. Yeah. That that's a, that's illegal, right? Yeah, it's a felony. It's a felony. Yes. Wow. And uh, here you are with it anyway. That is, wow. I, uh, I I didn't even know it came in liquid form. Science. The first season of your show uh, was on the network Fuse, which is a music video channel best known for its signature series, Pants Off, Dance Off, mm-hmm. um, which is a very popular program in which <laughs> young people dance to their favorite tunes while taking off their clothes. Yeah. Um, Not always young people. We're, we're, Fantastic. Funny story about that. We like when we were airing, they had us do like uh, uh they're like, yeah, we'll have whitest kids invade pants off, dance off, and <laughs> yeah. like it'll be like you're like someone will be dancing, then your head will pop up and you'll say some. Di- and when we went and did it, we were like, all right, so do you have the video of the people doing it so we can like kind of make fun of them and comment? And they're like, no, 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 just come up with a bunch of like generic put downs and we'll put yeah. them in. And so we ended up like sitting there for a while and just coming up with these really awful put downs, yeah. like. Really horrible, like 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 uh, uh, just just very mean. Yeah, when you can't but, see the person, when you have no <laughs> reference, you're just like, well, let's just go full bore with this. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a real person, and so you're just like, yeah, you, you don't feel like you're being so mean. But then when you put they put your face in front of a person, and then you're like, this person's fat. Yeah, it's like oh, that is mean. I'm, that's that's I'm what bad. makes it an invasion, yeah. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we conquer. <laughs> so you you did you did a season on that network before moving to its sister network, IFC, formerly mm-hmm. the Independent Film Channel, which is a, a station that um, uh, has branded itself around the notion of being uncensored mm-hmm. uh, or, or raw and uncut, mm-hmm. um, which in comedy often tends to mean like Andrew Dice Clay or something <laughs> like that. Anytime you hear uh, uh, anyone in the world of comedy talk about political correctness or censorship it's usually just because instead of jokes they're just going to do a bunch of gross stuff or say a bunch of offensive stuff um how did moving into this context affect what you were writing as a sketch group that admittedly had you know had a couple of you know big hitler related hits (laughs) in the first season (laughs) well i'll say like um you know, the Fuse show was basically those four years of pianos, us writing new sketches. I mean, we had 300 sketches to pull to make the Fuse show. 
that we liked and were really good. You know, we really liked them. So we did use those for the Fuse show. When we met with IFC, you know, we sat down in a room with them and basically the head of IFC told us, he's like, you know, this channel is for freedom of expression. And like, if there's something that you want to say through your comedy, go for it. And so that was a new, and he was also like, you can do whatever you want. So he was like challenging we, us. Yeah, yeah, which we took as as very personal challenge. We're yeah. like, oh, you think you can yeah. let us say anything, <laughs> do you? Oh, we'll see we'll about that. You. And then they put it on, and we're like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> were there particular things that you thought were absurdly inappropriate for television that actually ended up? Getting the okay. When when we turned Darren into a naked topless woman, I thought that was going kind of far. But they were like, "This is great," you know. And like, yeah. we had like sketches where people have animal genitalia glued to their faces, like that are functional. I'm not going to go into it too much, but like, sure. and they were like, "Oh, great," you know. And I was like, "Really? Okay, whatever." <laughs> I, I was just psyched to have my actual testicle on TV. Yeah, so Sam. I, yep. was... well, I can imagine that you would be excited <laughs> <Yeah>. for that. <laughs> was you know some of I was I was just watching I watched a few episodes of uh, season three of the show that just started running on IFC, and um, one of my favorite sketches actually was one of the least offensive sketches on the on the show or the least outre sketch one in which timmy talks to a doctor about how many hot dogs he eats <laughs> yeah turns out he eats more hot dogs than he's comfortable admitting right. which is based in fact <laughs> <laughs> so timmy i got your blood work in and i have a couple of questions okay just about how many hot dogs do you eat a day? How many hot dogs? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, some days I could eat a couple, and some days I don't eat any. Okay. Well, let's just say for an average. Take your whole week and try to figure out what your daily amount would be. I have no idea. Well, just try. Okay. A whole week? Average per day would be something like, I don't know, seven? Seven hot dogs? Seven, yeah. Per day. Is that high? It's a little high. Is that bad? Well, not good. Well, the funny thing about, I mean, what we were saying about, like, season two was, like, we felt, like, very, like, challenged. We were, like, like, let's, we were, like, kids in a candy store, like, let's, push the boundaries as far as we can. And then, you know, when all was said and done, I think it was, a, it was a good season, but I think it was kind of a misstep to be so enthusiastic about doing whatever you want. And when we wrote season three, we we were all together for like the whole period while writing it, and we weren't trying to be as offensive, but there somehow ended up being more animal sex sketches than <laughs> yeah. before. And it just, it got crazier. And yeah. I'm, I mean, I really love this season yeah, because I feel like we just got to a really kind of weird, fun place with our relationship. Yeah. It's like, you know, people writing. Yeah. I think I think what evolved is our take on the phrase, do whatever you want, where it shouldn't, oh, do whatever you want doesn't mean you should just go out and swearing and cursing and showing, you know, whatever, like blood and boobs. What do whatever you want should mean literally do whatever you want. If you want to make a crazy sketch where someone's having sex with an animal and there's 
blood and whatever going on, then do that. Or if you want to do a sketch where it's just a guy and a doctor talking about hot dogs, and do that too, you know? Like, And I think that is one reason why I like being on an uncensored channel, because if you want to get crazy, you can, but you don't have to. And so I think, like, you know, when we wrote season three and sat down to do it, it's, we were more just like, okay, let's just write things that we like. If we need to go real far, like crazy, we can, you know. Well, uh, Sam, Timmy, Darren, thank you so much for taking the time to be on The Sound of Young America. Oh, thank, thank you, you Jesse. Thanks for having us. The Whitest Kids You Know are online at whitestkids.com and on the television on IFC, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. inside IFC's new programming block, The Automat. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I have been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help from myself. Interstitial music provided by Dan Wally. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org. Show edited by Nick White, our intern Brian Fernandez. You can email me whenever you want at my actual personal email address, jesse at MaximumFun.org. And just in general, I hope you'll stop by MaximumFun.org. We've got a lot more than just the sound of young America there. I guess that's about it. We'll see you next week right here on the sound of young America. <laughs>